Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. You're listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, a show where we discuss trends, pop culture, and ready-to-drink cocktails, because at the end of the day, everything is an ad. I am Luz Corona, community editor at Adweek. Uh, joining me and co-hosting today is Al Manorino. Al, how are you? So happy to be here. We're doing this in person in the Marketing Vanguard Lounge at Brand Week 2023. It's crazy because I, I never thought we'd actually make it here yep. and be doing something like this. Um, and we got a really awesome guest that I met here, and now we're best friends. Yes. Do you want to introduce <laughs> us to him? Yeah. So we actually have the co-founder and chief brand officer of Tip Top Proper Cocktails, Mr. Neil Cohen. Neil, Hi, welcome uh, to the podcast. Hi, bestie. Hi, man. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like everyone has kind of found a bestie yeah. like, attendee, you know, that's, and I love this. That's a great thing about brand week is you find it not just like like-minded people but you find like legit like we don't work in the same space but like we'll we'll get into your background but like you come from like a music festival space i'm i call myself a music photographer so it's like yeah we just kind of clicked pretty quick yeah and then over drinks you find all kinds all that of does help a lot parallels i mean it doesn't require the drinks but it certainly helps yeah great bonding experience yeah. for sure yeah. <laughs> um well neil welcome um and as al mentioned you have a company that has ready to drink cocktails can you tell us a little bit about your company yeah, absolutely. I can tell you a lot about it, but I'll try to keep That's it. That's what this podcast yeah, is yeah, for. Yeah. yeah. No, th thanks for having me on the show and uh, thanks for having me at Brand Week because it's been a really uh, an honor to be able to present this uh, brand to people who really know what good branding is, really know what good marketing is, and have it so well received. Um, we're just hitting the four year mark since launch. Um, and what we offer, to go back to your question, is a line of prepared proper cocktails in these tiny cans, um, 3.4 ounces, and they are loyal to the traditional recipes. So we have an old fashioned. Guess what? It tastes like an old fashioned wow. because it is an old fashioned. <laughs> um, and, you know, same goes with margarita, Negroni, gin martini, um, bee's knees. Uh, uh, we've got nine cocktails right now, about to put out our, our 10th in October with uh, Boulevardier and have a, a long line of innovation coming. 
But um, essentially, it's as easy as cracking a can. Yes. And this can, so that a, a Boulevardi, <laughs> a Boulevardi A, um, has whiskey, vermouth, and red bitters in it. Um, and so it's all already there in the can. And the cocktail in this case is 29%. Um, so with a lot of canned cocktails that you see out there, you're going to have, you know, whether it's seltzer or it's sweetener or other things in it. And that's because it's in a larger can and they have to fill out the space that wouldn't ordinarily be in the recipe for that cocktail where we've got this size can. We, we get the question a lot. Is this just a sample? And it's like, no, this is actually, if you had a bartender make this cocktail, or if you looked up the traditional recipe for how to make this cocktail, this is the volume that it would come out to. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. um, that's what we do. That's so great. Amazing. For the folks listening home, like, Neil actually has the cocktails in front of him. He, that was real ASMR right there. Like, yeah. he is opening it, and he's actually, uh, yeah, look at that. That's sip. Hear that yeah. ice um, Do you want to, uh, <laughs> that's good. Great slurp. Um, before we get into the questions, I'm getting a little thirsty. Do you want to make us one of these uh, awesome drinks? Yeah. Luckily, it's very easy to multitask because it's so easy. It's oh, there so no. um, it can Convenience and quality are really kind of the, the theme with this brand. Um, and so with the Boulevardier that I just cracked, and it's the same case with most of our cocktails, all you have to do is crack the can, pour it over ice, and you've got it ready to go. I'm going to shake up an espresso martini for you. Okay. It'd be totally fine if you just poured it over ice, and that's how people are consuming it if they're more on the go, or it's served on Delta Airlines right now. So um, it's, you know, it acts a little bit more like a, uh, you know, like a spiked cold brew in yeah. that case. Yeah. But when you take it and you pour it into the uh, the shaker, and then add some ice. Wow. And then <laughs> hear that? give it a little shake. A little bartender shake. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Right, and so the, the objective here is to get that froth and that texture and really awaken the coffee that's in there. Um, aerate it, which is nice. And we've got really good coffee in here. We were able to partner with Counterculture Coffee, um, which is like a 25-plus year cult brand in the coffee space. Um, they, uh, they have a medium-bodied roast called Big Trouble, and that's the coffee that we're using in our uh, espresso martini. Because an espresso martini, what you've got, you've got vodka, which is a neutral spirit, right. and you've got coffee, and then you've got some sugar, and you know, in our case, we have some vanilla in there. Um, so my point is, mostly what you're tasting is coffee, so it better be damn good coffee. Yeah. And See, I wouldn't have even thought of that, that it has to be, like, really great coffee, mm -hmm. and then um, and you have to select the right partner. Absolutely. And it was actually our first collaboration with any brand on a cocktail. Um, so it's uh, been fun to see how that works out. Thank you so much. Here you are, your espresso martini. Thank you. And uh, cheers, y'all. Cheers. Cheers to, cheers to Brand Week and to... Uh, Fast friendships. That's Fast right. friendships. Yeah. Best friends. And, and you know, we, <laughs> yeah, Neil, you and I first met because we were doing a, a session 
here at Brand Week mm -hmm. uh, oh at gosh. Challenger Brands, which is a nice. yeah. I was gonna say you want to get you want to you want to. It's awesome. Right? <laughs> yes. I'm gonna first sip. You I'm, had I'm to get the reaction. Hints of amazingness. <laughs> yeah, <what> it's <laughs> a yeah. very astute palate you have. Yes, yeah. it's perfect because I need coffee around this time anyway. So that's what set. I was gonna say. I was gonna get coffee and then I was like, hey, right. why not wait? Yeah. yeah, no, that's often. I mean, it's it's kind of a functional beverage of sorts. I love it. Uh, you know, a lot of people are like, I don't know that I want a cocktail right now, but I was gonna have coffee. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll have an espresso martini. Yes. Well, yeah. well, you did mention like brand partnerships. So yeah. you obviously mentioned Delta, and uh, we didn't even get into. I did. I had no idea that you actually collaborated with uh, another coffee company to yeah. make this. So first of all, like, what is that process like when you're like, all right, we're gonna, we're we want to make an espresso martini. Yeah. We could probably do it in house. We could probably make our own coffee, but there's people out there who are doing it much better and have been doing it for years. So was it, uh, with, with marketing platform with marketing, reach their audience exactly. as well. Yeah, exactly. So what was the process like? We'll just talk straight about, uh, about the espresso martini. I'm already sure. drunk. Um, <laughs> but talk about like that process of like finding the right brand and why, why they were the right brand. Yeah. Um, you know, with us, it's always gotta be great ingredients. Um, but we want to hit, a a price point that's also like we kind of position it as an affordable luxury mm -hmm. um so typically in retail you'll see this at around five dollars maybe a little more a can mm -hmm. um and so yeah a espresso martini is such a white hot cocktail right now i mean it is just the number one cocktail being ordered um at bars and it's got that sizzling platter effect where, you know, if once one comes off the bar, everyone somehow in that bar is like, wait, I will have an espresso martini. <laughs> um, and so we were like, okay, we're not really seeking like the next trend. Like we really want to be ingrained in cocktail culture as it organically happens. Mm -hmm. um, so we weren't a hundred percent sure that an espresso martini was right for our brand. Okay. But then we said, but what what's driving this espresso martini trend? Because it was so big in the '90s, and um, and uh, it really came, dawned on us that it's this convergence of cocktail culture and coffee and, and coffee culture really um, seeing so much craft involved in it. So mm -hmm. we're like, okay, if we do it that way, if we actually can show why a brand like ours is making an espresso martini then this is worth doing. And the way that we do that, because the coffee is the prominent ingredient in this cocktail, is to find a great partner. Right. So we reached out to a few. Um, Counterculture came back. They had never made any ready-to-drink coffee beverage, no cold brew or anything of that nature. They've, they've looked into it. They've been thinking about it. So they think this was a great foray into it for them. Mm -hmm. um, and then what we do when we develop any of our cocktails is we work with a guy named Miles McQuarrie from the Kimball House in Atlanta. He's our recipe developer. He's the beverage director at, uh, at one of the best cocktail bars in the country. Uh, it's been recognized seven times by James Beard. I mean, he's really a, an incredible uh, craftsman when it comes to cocktails. And so he'll make his gold standard of what he believes that cocktail should taste like. Um, because you got to recognize when you're talking about old fashions, margaritas, espresso martinis, everybody has their conception of what that should taste like. Right. And it varies. So it does make our job kind of challenging to make that flavor profile really match up 
closely enough to everyone's expectation. Um, so that's where Miles comes in. He crafts it the way he believes it should be. And then we work with um, beverage consulting companies to really create a formula that's scaled up from that one cocktail um, to be able to actually produce this in mass and find the ingredients that will be able to hit the, the proper price point in order to do it. Wow. And I then it goes back and forth. We taste, in some cases, many rounds of cocktails, um, keep tweaking it until we get it to where we believe it, it should be. Okay. I've had, I mean, probably all of us here have had a lot of these RTD drinks yeah. mm -hmm. where they're saying that it is a tequila soda, it is, you know, a vodka seltzer, whatever it is. But, like, in all honesty, this is an espresso martini. This, yeah. This it's incredible. Delicious. And I know that's, you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, building trust with customers and all that stuff. Like, yeah. This is, like, this is like top of mind for you guys when you're going to anything. Is it, it has to be what you would get in a bar, or why are you doing it? Yeah, I mean, to the point that even once we've released the cocktail and we keep tasting it and we keep living with it, if we're like, hey, you know, I think we could improve this in whatever way, mm -hmm. um, then we'll tweak it. And we actually had that with our margarita. We were thinking, this margarita's good, but being that the margarita is between margarita and old-fashioned, they're the most popular cocktails in the entire world, right. then when people see our brand, many of them are going to get their first taste on the margarita. Is it good enough? Mm -hmm. And we found that there was like a little bit of an astringency in it. It was a little out of balance. And so we tweaked the formula, and we put out a new one. And wine enthusiasts this past summer, when they went to do a roundup of all the ready-to-drink ready to margaritas on the market, um, they gave us the highest score with a 95 rating. Wow. Which is Incredible. insane. If I saw a wine enthusiast 95 rating on a bottle of wine on the shelf, I, gonna get that. I would buy it. Um, so that was, you know, a testament to that idea that, like, nothing's ever done, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. We can keep improving on anything. So um, I think that's the way you build trust, too. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a, a brand cool that keeps doing that. Like, okay, I'm along for the ride. I'm yeah. going to see where this goes. Yeah. For sure. Um, I'm going to ask the question that I already see in your brain. Uh, but <laughs> basically, you know, in talking to you, Neil, like Al told me the story yesterday. He was like nerding out, you know, when he was like at the session. And he's like, this story is so cool. Just about how you identified like the white space in, in ready to drink cocktails, even though now it's pretty populated. But I yeah. would say like you nailed it right on the head. Can you tell us like how you were inspired a little bit about your background and how you yeah. got here? Absolutely. So me and my co-founder, Yoni, have known each other since elementary school. Legitimately. Um, like, I saw yeah, a picture we of met, them we met in, fourth in his grade. deck, and they were, you were like in fourth grade or something. <laughs> yeah, at his like slumber party in fourth grade. We went to see Dumb and Dumber in the theaters. It had just come out. It was epic. What a time and, to be um, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you wish you were there. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we, we both just became rabid music fans toured around seeing fish, went to a lot of music festivals. And um, when it came time to figure out our professional life, um, we wanted to pursue the, the music business. And so uh, we, we got various jobs. I was in radio for a little bit. He took a lot of internships in New York. Um, and he got a job with Superfly, uh, or a, a internship with Superfly, um, producers of Bonnaroo, Outside Lands, lots of great uh, events and festivals. And... Um, invited me down to Jazz Fest in New Orleans to go and work a few events with Superfly. And through that, because I was doing radio, I was interviewing some of the artists on the side, got the attention of the Superfly people. They invited me to Bonnaroo to, um, to actually 
be a blogger on site and and capture content on a little flip camera wow. and put it up on YouTube to then embed on a WordPress site to then get that tweeted. And that was like basically equivalent of an Instagram story. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I was doing that. And so I ended up getting a job with Superfly, developing my marketing chops there over seven years, um, really learning in an incredible environment, having a lot of fun doing it. Yoni started Governor's Ball Music Festival um, in New York uh, with Founders Entertainment was the company he founded with two others. And while he was looking at the concessions programs for Governor's Ball, he's saying, like, all we're serving here is beer and like a, you know, maybe a vodka lemonade or something. Let's let's elevate this for a New York City audience that every bar and restaurant they go to, they're getting a good cocktail. Um, and now out here, we're missing an opportunity to service that. Um, so they would batch in kegs and did some of that. And that was fine, but there's a lot of inconsistencies. There's a lot of waste. Um, there's a lot of per ounce cost in those kegs. Um, and so it wasn't the ideal solution. And so the concessionaire was kind of telling him if there was a single serve way to do this, that would be the way. So that stuck with him. Um, founders uh, sold uh, to Live Nation in 2016. He exited the music industry and we started talking. Um, he was really hell bent on solving for how do you serve a great cocktail efficiently in these crazy environments that are not actually set up for that. Um, and that's, that's kind of where the journey began. Um, I saw that he was really intent on doing it. You know, he has a lot of ideas, so you never quite know what he's going to really pursue. And in this case, um, once he got Miles, who I mentioned before as a recipe developer on board, I was like, oh, this is going to be legit. Let's go. Yep. Um, and so we spent two years figuring out all that you have to figure out in order to launch something like this, everything in supply chain, everything with compliance, distribution, um, really tight, tightening up these recipes, uh, getting the brand right, right? Um, and all of those really important details and launched in September 2019 with Old Fashioned Manhattan and Negroni as our original offering. Because looking out at the ready-to-drink space, yeah. um, you really didn't see these cocktails that are loyal to what's always been in demand, just making it on demand. So to come up with some crazy combination of ingredients, like why do that when you've got 200 years of cocktail, like craft legacy, right. to really know like, what are those flavor profiles that people love mm -hmm. and are gonna keep going back to? And that's why we're not doing riffs on an old fashioned, riffs on a, mar a spicy margarita, like, yeah, that can be tasty sometimes, but what do you want to have around all the time? Right, the traditional, the original recipe. Totally. And um, and how did like? Sorry, Al. I'm just You're kidding. fine. Um, how did the when you launched those drinks? Like, did you launch them at the music festival space? Like, how, what was the reception there? So I mean, it's interesting. Um, music festivals are not actually the best use case for the product we ended up developing. Right. It was the impetus for the idea. Um, you know, at a music festival. There's probably, you know, there's opportunities to have a high-proof cocktail like this, but people are drinking things that are more sessionable, to be honest. I mean, maybe in, like, a box-type environment. Certainly at theaters where you're going for a few hours, it's not hot. Right. You're not in the blazing sun. So th that's great. But how we rolled it out, we started in Atlanta. Um, that's where we're from. I was living in New York, moved back to Atlanta to get this started with Yoni. And... Um, we just traditional distribution. We were able to develop a counter unit that is gravity fed and it sits right next to the register for impulse buy. And people see this can, 
they're compelled by it. They pick it up. They hold it in their hand. They look at it, and they're like, for five bucks, I'll give it a go, yep. you know? And they see 30% alcohol. They're like, hey. Yeah, yeah. Hey. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's try this out. Um, I mean, everybody wants to hold the can. It's adorable. It's yeah. so stinking cute. Yeah, look thank at, you. Yeah, look at this. And it's, it's also, like, sleek. You yeah. know, it's like sleek and cute. I didn't yeah. know you could be the matte finish is nice on your hand. The it's a matte, it's yeah. a tin plated steel can, so oh, it's got see. like real substance to it. Yeah. But um, I mean, how we went to market? Yeah. It, it, look, we went out in September 2019 with a plan to be at a lot of events, <laughs> <laughs> but things happen. Yeah. You know, yeah. six months oh, or so you later. This before the pandemic. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Wow. September 2019. But so, people were drinking a lot during the pandemic. Oh my yeah, God. I mean, in, in some ways, it definitely accelerated the visibility. I think what happened is that a lot of publications that sort of were turning their nose up at ready to drink at that point, because of, you know, a lot of them were overly sweet and artificial ingredients and not for their readership that has discerning tastes, right? So by April of 2020, their editors are saying, you can't ignore this story anymore. This is, people aren't going to bars anymore. What are they drinking? This is the white hot category in, alcohol, in the alcohol space with ready to drink. Like, let's find the brands that will be meaningful to our readership. Yep. And so all of a sudden, this little brand like ours that's only available in Georgia at that point, we're getting you know, cold call emails from the New York Times and Food and Wine and Bon Appetit. We got a Made in the South Award from Garden Gun Magazine, which, uh, if you don't know, people are just loyal to that magazine. If you get an award from them, like, we are, we are, our e-com went crazy when that happened. So, you know, uh, a lot of it is kind of right place, right time, right product. Yeah. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you a hundred dollar credit on your next ad campaign. Go to LinkedIn.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's LinkedIn.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be. To be. Yeah. So cool. I, I wanna dig a little bit deeper into the branding, the packaging, because um for those listening at home who can't see it, 
please Google it and, and order some uh, because it's delicious. But also, like... TipTopCocktails.com. There you go. <laughs> Shameless plug. Yeah. Um, we have to save this for the end, Neil? No. Okay. Um, the setup was there, man. I know. That's now code Al. But yeah, talk about the... Because, like, the, just the development of, like, the branding. You were just talking, like extensively about the feel and look of the can mm -hmm. like talk about the process as to which you guys were developing that because all these drinks in the rtd space I, i'm about to, i always want to say r2d2 and <laughs> it just because that's the nerd in me that's just the nerd in that's you, the yeah. Nerd yeah. me but yeah like you know there's a lot of you know white claw and high noon and it's very there's a almost like a same kind of motif that's going around with those drinks. You guys are very different. Set yourself yeah. apart. It tip top because it's very old fashioned. But like, dig into that. What was that precipice like when you guys were starting that? Like, it needs to be old school. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it. Uh, the idea is to definitely touch on some nostalgia, but also have it feel very modern yeah. at the same time. Um, and what we're aiming to do is really create the first great cocktail brand. Because there's a lot of spirits out there who've laid claim to an individual cocktail, like a bourbon, you know, that's saying, oh, you know, make old fashions with our cocktail. Mm -hmm. But, like, what brand has been able to say, we've encapsulated cocktail culture that's been developed over 200 years within the offering in their portfolio, within the aesthetic, within the editorializing of the brand, and that's really what we're aiming for. So in doing so, just the name Tip Top, right? It, these are cocktails that grandma and grandpa might know. And if you ask grandma and grandpa how they're doing, they might say Tip Top. Um, and it's alliterative. It, it rolls off the tongue. It feels nice and it's memorable. So it starts with that. Um, and then from there, we did a lot of mood board work with our designer, Bart Sasso. Um, shout out to him. He's incredibly talented. Um, and... We were pulling some examples from this French cocktail book from 1929 that I had found. I found this digitized um, archive of cocktail, old cocktail books. And I just kept flipping through. I was reading a bunch of them. I was looking at the artwork. And this one just struck me. Um, and so we, we pulled a lot of examples from that, which you can see in some of these like frames on the back of the mm -hmm. can. Each, each cocktail has its own individualized frame. Yeah. Um, we were looking at some old jazz record labels from the 1960s for Blue Note Records um, and Verve Records, uh, a lot of really beautiful artwork there. And um, just pulling examples from that, the giraffe, uh, you know, it really signifies what I said before, convenience and quality, where the giraffe being the tallest animal has the most convenient access to the high quality. Yeah. Um, but it was really kind of a happy accident where we were, we had put this flamingo on the mood board just because it was a really cool art deco design. And Bart put a flamingo in a top hat on the original label and said, well, it's not really flamingo drinks. Here we are in Miami right now. You know, maybe you'd have a pina colada with your flamingo drink, but not so much an old-fashioned Manhattan Negroni. Mm -hmm. um, so, in thinking about tallest animal, it's a giraffe, and then the little top hat on top of it—that's the tip top there. Love that. Um, and you know, just iconography, right? It's like if people don't remember the name, they can still walk into the store and say, "I want the one with the giraffe on it." Mm -hmm. right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so everything from the cocktail choices to the name to the aesthetics, to the way that we editorialize online. I mean, we have a series where called Tip of the Hat, where we have, it started with Miles, our recipe developer, and he gives a tip of the hat to another bartender, 
um, okay, cool. and asks us to give a donation to a nonprofit as part of that. And then the next bartender, uh, and we, we kind of explain why Miles is giving the shout out to that bartender. And then that bartender then gives a tip of the hat to someone else and it kind of creates this chain. Um, and so just being a brand that's like uh, uh, elevating the profile of some of these people who are in the business driving cocktail culture is a part of that building trust, is a part of that creating a brand that's really, you know, talking about those things that people who are engaging in that culture really care about. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to keep throwing questions at you. I'm going to ask two out. I know. Well, <laughs> good. I feel like you, you, you'll, I think you'll dig this one, is, is uh, the does question. Does she have veto power? She definitely does. She does. She'll be like, edit this out. Uh, no, I, I want to talk about, like, because you mentioned you guys launched right before the pandemic. You had a plan. You had to pivot, obviously, because mm -hmm. everything happened with the pandemic. Were there any other outside of, you know, a global disaster, like launching a brand for the first time? You guys both came from spaces. Well, uh, Yoni obviously helped build um, uh, founders, but you were working at Superfly for seven years. Yep. So what, what were some of the things that you learned along the way as you're developing or as you're getting to market any, you know, calamities or anything that kind of happened? with the, you know, the first initial rollout, anything that like you learned that's helped you make, helped make you a better business owner, a better marketer? Um, it's a good question. I mean, a, a million things. So I'm trying to think yeah. of what, like what, what's the most, what do I publicly want to say right now? Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I touched on it in the session yesterday, but I'm um, like, it's been interesting to see how the positioning has evolved from 2019 to now where that idea of having a canned cocktail, like we really had to teach people why, they wanted a canned cocktail then. And so it was a lot of talk about portability. And like, you can bring this on a hike or you can bring this to a picnic. And what we've learned, you know, in terms of a learning is that that's not actually the use case here. It may be sometimes, but like over 80% of consumption of our product and of ready to drink in general, by the way, is at home. Um, I can't remember if that was a Drizzly stat or, or someone else within the last couple of months, but it was like, okay, well, that actually makes sense because these cocktails are as good as they would be if you tried to make them, you know, there's people who can fine tune it and the ability to freshly squeeze a lime for your margarita is great, but like most consumers don't really want that. They want a, a quick pour. And so I think almost like talking about the fact that these are great for portability it kind of cheapens the viability of this product for just at-home consumption. This isn't only what you drink when you want the convenience of taking a cocktail somewhere. This is what you drink at home because it's that good. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's one learning that I think has made, made us sharpen our message over the last few months. Awesome. Well, I don't know what you're talking about because I'm going to take this grocery shopping with me. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people put them in their purse and bring them to the movies. Yes. That's a nice oh one. Oh, my gosh. We don't um, condone that, but we, we do right. well, condone it. The 100, the 100 ml size also means that you yeah. can bring it uh, through TSA. Oh. Um, but we are on Delta Airlines, sold on Delta Airlines already. So if you're a loyal Delta flyer, which I, I am and I think you should be, um, <laughs> Shameless then, plug then you, can get, you can get our old-fashioned espresso martini on board. And they're continuing to rotate different cocktails on board there as well. Yep. But you can, you can travel with them is the point. Wow. That's so great. Now, I have a question about your team. Because as you're talking about, like, the beginnings of Tip Top, you know, <clears throat> 
So it's you and Yon, uh, Yoni. Yoni. So it's you and Yoni. You found your recipe developer, and then you went to the person that helped you, you know, with the design and everything. So, what is something that you keep in mind um, as you're assembling, kind of like this team of Avengers, you know, yeah. for your business? Because this is your baby, so you want the right people on board. Right. So, is there like, like a mindset or a mentality you ensure that everyone has? I mean, being humble enough to know what you don't know. And be wi being willing to kind of seek out people who are more experienced and smarter than you and surrounding yourself with them and listening to them right. and teaching, you know, taking every opportunity to learn from those people and to, yeah, just build a team. It's, it's really the hardest thing to do is to find great people and build a team with trust that uh, is united in the vision. Right. And so... Yeah, I think that knowing what you don't know and really surrounding yourselves by with good people is is the thing to keep in mind. I love that. And I think a, a good way to kind of like wrap up. Um, you mentioned Delta. I'd love to. I'd love for our our audience, as we probably talked about it four times over this week, <laughs> uh, would love for them to to know how did that partnership come to be, and also um, you know the things you do for the flight attendants flight attendants on board and everything mm -hmm. like that, that we, we talked about. Um, and then of course, what's next for the brand? Sure. Yeah. Um, the Delta partnership is hugely meaningful. We got on board with Delta in April, 2021. Pun intended. What's that? Pun intended. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah. and yeah, uh, it, it, it was only a year and a half into our journey as a brand. So like that's, that's wild. Did you mm. feel ready for that? Uh, no. Okay. No. And everybody was like, no, you're not ready for that. Don't do that. Um, and you're like, let's go. And, you know, right or wrong, it would definitely put us through, uh, uh, you know, it, it's an incredible partnership, but as a small brand, scaling that way is very challenging. Mm -hmm. um, so that's been crazy, but at the same time, when we go out and do tastings and we're and consumers walk up and already have awareness of our product, 50% of the time at least – they say it's because they saw us on Delta Airlines. Wow. So, you know, we were willing to basically think about pricing and about the cost of being on board with them um, as a marketing expense. Mm -hmm. um, luckily, we've been able to negotiate good pricing with them, and they're a great partner. Um, but uh, it's been it's been really fun to have things rotating. I'm currently wearing my tip-top shirt because I'm heading to the airport right after this. And every time I fly, you know, I want to get that feedback from flight attendants. So I usually wear a hat or a shirt. Um, and so walking on board, they'll kind of, you know, depending on if, uh, you know, what the temperature of that day is, <laughs> um, you know, they'll, they'll see it. They'll say, oh, tip top. We, we serve that on board. I'm like, yeah, I, I know. <laughs> um, uh, what do you think? Tell and, the, you know, they'll, they'll ask if I work for the, for the company. And um, it, if they mention something, I usually keep a, a sticker or even better, a pin, uh, one of our tip top pins in my pocket mm -hmm. um, and hand one over to the flight attendants because they always give out their their wings, you know, as their pin. And so I've got a pin to exchange oh with them, God. which is fun. Like, yeah. you're, like you're at Disney World. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're, tra we're trading pins yep. at the Olympics. Yep. Um, so it's fun. And, you know, they'll always give fun anecdotes about, you know, this customer likes to do this with it. Or like, we, you know, when are we getting the margarita back? Like the customers are always asking about it. So I can then take that feedback, go back to the Delta team and say, hey, 
Yeah, your people, not not me. Yes. Let's let's go. That's um, so that's really fun. Um, I think. I mean, I could go on about Delta, but in terms of what's next for us, um, we have a really aggressive innovation pipeline right now. Um, you think about again tapping into cocktail culture. If I love cocktails, um, I go to my favorite cocktail bars. I've had a lot of their staples, but when they put out something new, when they're innovating, I'm always gonna do that first, and then maybe I'll go back to the cocktail that I know I love there. Of course. Um, and so we wanna have that experience, because that's, that's the exact consumer we're looking for. So if we can keep on putting cocktails in cans that kind of blow people's minds, like we did a Jungle Bird back in January, which is, is sort of under the radar cult cocktail, like bartenders know it, cocktail enthusiasts know it, but the general masses don't know what a Jungle Bird is. It's rum, pineapple, lime, and um, red bitters. Uh, like in a Negroni. And so it kind of curbs some of that sweetness in your traditional tiki drink and balances it out. But we made that really just to kind of prove to the the loyal the loyal people in cocktails, like we, we can put these cocktails in hand. So we'll continue to do that because it was received very well. And um, all the while putting out some, you know, some that are a little more mainstream, some that people really know. But always with that same level of detail, like I was describing with the espresso martini. So it's innovation. Um, that's a big part. I think we've got seven cocktails in the pipeline potentially for the next year. Um, and then just availability, distribution. We've gone from distributing in seven markets at the beginning of 23 um, to 20 markets now uh, in just, you know, less than a year. Wow, more than um, And the number one thing that consumers tell us they want from us is availability. Mm -hmm. You know, they just want to be able to get it more places, more of the time. Yeah. So that's a pretty good signal. That is. It's something you want to listen to. <laughs> and um, that's the main thing, innovation and distribution. Amazing. Yeah. Neil, this has been so awesome. This is amazing. We, we love talking. I, I can talk you. to you about this stuff all day. Thank you. We've talked about these same things a couple times. Honestly, <laughs> I, I don't think you're ever going to speak to me again because of how much we have talked this week, but I hope not because uh, you are awesome and Thank I, you. I really do love chatting Thank with you. Thank you. Uh, uh, likewise, awesome. feel the same about y'all and uh, appreciate the time and just the uh, the support for the brand. It's a, it's a journey and having people kind of recognize that we're doing something of, of value is really why you do it. Yeah. So yeah. thank you. Well, cheers to that, my yeah. friend. Yeah. And, where, and where can people find more information or, or if they want to order um, sure. online? Yeah, yeah. Um, there's ability with our online retail partners to ship to like over 40 uh, states. So really great for corporate gifting. Ah. <laughs> um, plug number three. Yeah, yes. exactly. Um, but yeah, uh, you can find us on Instagram. Uh, Tip Top Proper Cocktails is a handle there. That's really in terms of social where we put most of our focus. And then tiptopcocktails.com is where you can um, find out all the stores around your, uh, you can put in your zip code and do the store locator, or you can actually purchase online and ship to friends, ship to yourself. Um, yeah, that's the gist. And if not, fly Delta. <laughs> that's true. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> a little price. Order, order the cocktails on Delta. Yeah. Well, not if you're in uh, Comfort Plus or Business. There, there you go. go. Yeah. And that's so. shameless plug number four. Yep. Great way to end it. All right. Great. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you listeners for joining and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, part of the Ad Week Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. 
This podcast was produced by me, Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Ahrens and John Heil, and edited by Lane McGivney at Boutwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcasts. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Thanks for listening. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan.